0: Hi everyone, my name is Rebecca Johnson. If I don't know you, I work at Veritas Church in Iowa City. And welcome to our Veritas Women's live feed. We have kind of a lineup of of live events that we have prayed over and that we are going to be offering this week and hopefully for the next several weeks. And, And here's why, guys. Obviously, you know that churches aren't meeting together right now. Um, unless it's a church of, what, like five people, which, which does work. Um, but here at Veritas, we um, want to fight hard against isolation. We want to still be the church during this time of chaos. And so we want to find ways to utilize technology to uh, reach through the screens, to get into your living room, uh, to come out of your phone, and to remind you that God is still on his throne. To remind you that you are a child of God, to give you the promises. We want to wage war against isolation, is how uh, Jeff Dodge said it. And so, for this week at least, what we're hoping to do is um, to do that in a different way each day. So, I will be up here today and then again on Thursday, but on Thursday with um, a co-studier of mine. And then You'll see an opportunity to listen to some of the men that lead our church on Wednesdays, and then um, even an opportunity for a a short little podcast that Jeff Dodge is going to be putting out. Um, Guys, all of this, the hope for this is that we would be mutually encouraged by one another and that we would be the church during this time. Um, There is so much being talked about right now. Uh, There are so many posts, there are... Plenty of blogs that, that we can read. Um, and actually even just assuming a position on a stage is a little bit uncomfortable. Not because I'm not used to being on a stage, but because I don't want to just fill the air with more words. I don't wanna come up here and act like I have anything magical or yeah, anything like that to say. I, I don't wanna muddy the waters. Um, and so I sit in that tension between being up here and running in my mouth, um, but also really believing that um, we can still be the church in a time like right now. And so um, we want to err on that side of, of getting up here and saying, um, showing, displaying to you that, that we love you um, and that we believe that it is not good for us to be alone but to come together and and to get together. So for today, guys, this is supposed to just be maybe about 10 to 12 minutes. Um, I set myself up a nice little reward. If I was nice and concise and clear, I was going to uh, take myself out for ice cream afterwards. And then the sad update came that Dairy Queen closed. So I don't know. Maybe I don't have any motivation to be uh, concise, and we'll just keep talking. No, that's not true at all. My children are in the foyer of the church, so I will be concise. So um, I just want to tell you guys a little bit, if you don't go to Veritas or if you don't follow us online, um, I get to work as the director of women's ministries here. And part of that job, one of my favorite parts of that job is putting together Bible studies for our women. And about eight months ago, I was writing a study on the book of Mark and I was excited about it. Um, I was done studying just about to write and I felt like, God asked me to just pull over, just stop, kind of got my attention, was like, this is not what you're supposed to be writing on right now. I want you to push this project off a little bit longer. And um, it's a long story, but with just beautiful leading, God led me to write uh, a study on suffering. And our tagline is how the story of the Bible helps us suffer well. So when I thought about writing on suffering, I was like, oh, I don't know. That just sounds like we're going to just all be crying all the time and um, sounds like we would just be pulling from all over the Bible in kind of a disjointed way. And I was like, God, there's got to be another way to do this. Not that a devotional style approach to suffering and pain is bad, but I felt like, man, suffering is so big and so personal and so deep. There has to be um, an appropriate way to, to really equip and encourage our women. Um, And through the help of lots of other books, that's when I realized that if we looked at the Bible as one big story, Genesis to Revelation, and we looked at suffering as this theme that pulls through the first page all the way to the last page, then we were um, going to be rightly equipped and greatly encouraged. And so that's what we did. We changed course and we started writing. I was inspired by many stories of just women in our own church and beyond who desired to suffer well and who desired to help the woman across the room to suffer well. Uh, women who want more than just a soundbite from the Bible um, to help um, be a, a medication to their soul, but now looking at the big story of the Bible to do so. So that's what we've been doing. So it's been really fun. It's a weird time to use that word, but it's been really fun to get messages in the last week and a half from women who are like, oh my goodness, Rebecca, can you even believe it? Can you even believe how... Like, you thought that God was leading you to change, to change our study because of what was going on at Veritas six months ago. But God knew. God knew what was coming. He knew that there was going to be this very unique, very crazy time in our world. Um, and we would need the Bible to uh, give us tracks to run on and to give us anchors for our soul. And I just loved those, um, those messages. And it is. It is beautifully ironic. Um, so... For today, uh, I want to just, you know, for the women, for the couple hundred women who are doing our study, I want to remind you of something that we looked at in our first couple weeks. Maybe look at it now with fresh eyes, now that everything around us is chaotic. But then hopefully to reach out to a lot of women who aren't doing the study, who aren't in the Word, and even who aren't sure where they stand with God. Um, And so what I want to talk about really does stem from this sweet sovereignty of God that has been displayed um, through our choice of study. Um, you could even say uh, in, in less churchy words how ironic it is that God would lead us um, to look in his word for what he says about suffering. Um, so one of the stops that we make in the study is in the book of Romans, and um, if you have ever read Romans, I think you would agree with me that it is. it seems to be one of the most important books in the Bible. Um, it gets a lot said. It's very condensed. But even within Romans chapter 8, I um, very poetically call it the goodest of the good news. It's in Romans 8 that we find um, great promises for us. And Paul opens up, he's the author, he opens up and he um, he lays out some pretty big statements. He starts off the chapter by saying there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus okay this is really really good news and then he bookends the chapter by saying no in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us for i am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor, nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of god in christ jesus our lord ladies that is a uh, well, I suppose some men could be watching, but you're just going to forgive me. I always just say ladies. That is really good news for us right now. That, that could be all that we need to chew on for this day, for this week, for this month, this season, um, is that we are more than conquerors, and nothing can separate us, not even condemnation. Nothing that's going on around us can separate us from the love of God. We don't ever outgrow that good news. But here's the thing, guys. Right in the middle of that good news— Paul uh, lays out a pretty sobering reality, and it's a reality that I think we all cannot along with right now. He says in verse 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. And that's where we really focus in on our Bible study. Guys, Paul is saying this sobering reality that there is suffering that you need to acknowledge it, that you need to acknowledge that where we live right now, that there is suffering. And guys, I shared that six weeks ago when we started our study and it was so easy for everyone to agree with me. How much more now though? How much more now would we nod and say, yeah, I agree with Paul that suffering is all around us. Everywhere we look, everything we hear is chaos. There is uncertainty. Things are changing all the time. But Paul is saying, hey guys, I have some really good news amidst your bad news. All the bad news, all that is changing, all of the sorrow, all of the pain, all of the losses, all the uncertainties, hey, it does not even compare with the good news that is coming. Paul's saying, hey, all that you can see, it is soon going to be eclipsed by a future glory. It took me back to even just... Those uh, greater than and less than signs in math. And it's like he's saying, hey, all your troubles right here. Okay, the crocodile mouth opens this way. The troubles here, they are less than the future glory you have if you are in Christ. What we can see, it's less than what we are still waiting to see. I think that's a really great challenge for us to sit on that and say, okay, do we agree with him? Do we agree with Paul that there is really good news that could eclipse all of the bad news that we see right now? But here's the honest problem. Here's where we get hung up. What if we can't see past what's in front of us right now? Right? Maybe before the virus broke out, it was whatever pain or suffering or chronic issue you have, What if you're honest and you're saying, I I can't even look past that. I, I can't see past that. This virus is a mountain in front of me. So how am I supposed to take Paul's words to heart and look past it to even, you know, I can't even like lean around. I can't even get up on tiptoe and see around it because it's so big. The despair, the fear, the anxiety, the discouragement is so big. How am I ever supposed to look around and see a future glory? and I don't have a quick solution for that by any means. In fact, nothing that you tune into is going to be a nice, simple, bow-tied answer to what we're looking for. But here are a couple things that I want to just give you, maybe that would give you tracks to run on, maybe just until Thursday, get you through today. There's so much that could be said here. If you want to hear more, you could look up the full teaching on our podcast. But here's Here's what, I, what I'm holding on to today, guys. The first is that we should acknowledge our suffering. So there's the sufferings that come with like being a victim of a situation. There's the sufferings that come from pain that is done to us. But one of the words that Paul uses um, when he, he talks about the suffering of futility. And the, the other word I found that I really related with was frustration. Some of you guys are suffering right now because you're terrified. Maybe even because you're sick. I think there's a whole lot of us who are suffering because we're frustrated. We're just frustrated because everything's closing and our kids are home and we can't make plans and we're frustrated and Paul talks about how one of the evidences of that is that we groan. He says we groan and creation groans. It's a sign that we are living in futility and frustration I think when we're home or when we're quarantined to whatever degree, guys, those frustrations are just highlighted all the more. Maybe you are more aware of how broken your body is if you actually are sick or if your body is responding to stress. Maybe you're hunkered down with your family and so the unhealth of your family is highlighted at a time like this. Or maybe it's your loneliness. Maybe you were lonely at baseline and and this quarantine, this virus has just highlighted your loneliness. And guys, this has been my reality even. I started off when this, all of this hit the news, I'm thinking to myself like, all right, this is gonna be amazing. Like God's gonna do so much. And I, I had this natural response to faith. And then a couple days later, it's like my body started rea- reacting. It's like my body was being more honest to the frustration of futility that I feel like Paul is describing here. Guys, I put these notes together at 3 a.m. in the morning yesterday. Here I am wanting to have this bold faith for the Lord, wanting to help equip the church. But at 3 a.m., my body is very aware that I am scared, that I am frustrated. Honestly, sometimes I'm just annoyed that I can't plan out my future anymore. I am, it's in those moments that I am more honest with the Lord and more honest with the people that I love. I think there's an invitation in life right now for us to acknowledge our suffering. We want to be hope-filled people, but we do not have to strong-arm the situation. We do not have to be a detached optimist acting like this This situation isn't causing us stress. So I think first, we need to acknowledge it. And secondly, one of the... One of the things that Paul pulls out here is that he's encouraging us to know our identity. Look at Romans 8. Look at all of the words that are like family words. They're all over it. Paul wants us to know during the hard times, he wants us to know that we are children of God. If you are in Christ, you are a child of God. And guys, this greatly changes how we respond to hard times. If we choose to look at our hard times through the lens of our identity— As a child of God it will make all the difference so for me at three in the morning when I'm on night three of not sleeping and being frustrated that I'm responding this way I hear an invitation from the Word of God to be tethered to God as my father and to tell myself on repeat that I am his child and that I can therefore trust him and the third gem I see in this chapter in Romans is that we can live with assurance and guys, don't, we don't feel sure of anything right now, do we? We can't be sure of our plans for the next week or the next month or our plans to reward ourselves with ice cream after this. We don't have these assurances of what life will look like, our trips or graduation or groceries. But chapter 8 of Romans is all about assurance. He lays out this assurance that we are loved by God and we never outgrow that. We are loved by God. He lays out uh, the evidence of that is that he gives us his son and that he gives us his spirit. We have so many assurances and they are packed into his word and we need to crack open that book and eat them as if for life. We need to just delve into them and saturate ourselves in the assurances that come from being loved by God. And one of the many that we can claim right now that Paul lays out is that there is purpose in our pain. While many questions remain of, of what are God's reasonings for this? How is this all going to work out? What about these people? What about this situation? Guys, we can know that our pain is not meaningless. When Paul uses that word groaning, he says, I know you're suffering because of your groaning. He then unpacks this groaning. He says, it's like that in childbirth. And if you're men and you're feeling awkward, sorry, but here we go. The pain as in childbirth, a groan as in childbirth. What he means by that is that when we groan out and when creation groans out and even when the spirit groans out for us, it's revealing that this is a pain that is doing something. It is making something. It is a pain that will be worth it. It is a pain that will soon be overshadowed by the good that God brings from it. We may not know the details of that. In fact, we probably won't, but we still can have that assurance. Our pain and our situation, it is not meaningless in the hands of a good God. It will turn to good. We can be people with assurance, and assurance helps us to be patient and to be expectant, Assurance gives us hope while we still wait for answers. Assurance still gives us hope while we wait to make a plan. Guys, this is just some of the things that have popped off the page of Romans 8 for me. This is the good news amidst such bad news. Everywhere we look, there is chaos. Perhaps our invitation today is to look to the God of order, who on repeat brought order out of chaos. Lift our eyes away from our screens, away from life, away from all of our questions, and look to the God who never changes. He's always been faithful. He will be again, and he loves you. I hope that that brought you some encouragement. Guys, stay tuned this week um, to Veritas Facebook, and until then, guys, uh, we are praying for you. Grace and peace.